I've been reading a lot of stuff from the Gilmore Gang app um, in my activity feed. And uh, of all the stuff I read, the thing that um, stood out to me was Kevin Kelly's piece. Um, although there were three or four other things I also found interesting. Um, ben Thompson's piece on the Facebook story problem is interesting. The Sonos stuff is interesting to me. Mm -hmm. um, and... Um, The HBO um, needing to become like Netflix was interesting as well. Mm -hmm. So you you can you you can pick any of those, and I'll have opinions. Well, I, I I would prefer not to pick any of those, but rather uh, try and understand what's the connective tissue uh, between, between them. all those uh, things that you find interesting. Uh, it's really all trying to redefine the near future. Yeah, or to or not not redefine, but to to understand the elements of the near future. And if you think if you think about um, our lives, um, and you, you try to divide your life into things that you associate with the past, things that you associate with the present, and then things that you think are going to be part of the near future, um, you kind of look for things in the present that that prefigure what's about to happen. Oh, that's what I do anyway. And all of those things do that in different ways. Um, uh, 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 they all address slightly different dimensions of near future. So, Well, what's the, uh, what's the uh, problem here? Uh, I mean, you know, why define the near future? Why not right now? The problem that, well, um, I have a practical problem and then a philosophical one. The practical problem is in my, in my day job, um, I meant to invest in things that will become very valuable over, let's say, a 10 year period. They're not, they're not valuable today because if they were, I'd have to pay too much. So I've got to, I've got to look for things that will be valuable over about 10 years. Yeah, but that's that's your your job. But that's the, my job. But and, the and way the that you figure that out, uh, or the way that anybody figures out what they think is going to be important, is what they think is important right now. Uh, to to some extent, although you have to remember, I w I'm trained as a sociologist, so I start um, trying to understand human human behavior and then i think about technology as a source of fulfillment as opposed to a thing in and of itself which is good i think you think it like that as well a lot so well I, um, I, I reject the notion of sociology only because uh, i actually majored in sociology at, in college and then uh, ran away from it for uh, ever since yeah, I agree with that as a as academic sociology. I definitely agree with that. But I think thinking about people is still good. Um, and, and if you don't think about, like if you think of the things I've done in my career, it, it, uh, almost everything I did was started, for, all the things that worked at least, started with solving, uh, either solving a problem or creating an opportunity that made sense for people. Right. The technology. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to uh, get further uh, to the root of what you're saying, which is 
uh, you know, solving a problem. Okay, what is the problem? I mean, the way that I usually think about things like this is to say, uh, I make it, uh, it's a, you know, of course, all about me, as we've described in the uh, previous conversation that we had. Uh, but that that's a joke that refers to uh, taking the the relevant importance of uh, an issue or a, a, a group of issues, uh, and if I can solve the problem emotionally for myself, then there's a good chance that it will benefit uh, the people that I care about. Right. So, well, so 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 that that's a good starting point for what is the common thread. So um, take the Kevin Kelly uh, piece, uh, it was an interview, and take the Brad Feld piece about RSS, which on the face of it are two completely different and separate areas of conversation, RSS on one hand, and what does the future look like for Kevin Kelly? Um, what both talk about is how human beings receive information about things they care about. In the case of Kevin Kelly, it's something he calls the multiverse. And he projected a, a future in which um, computers have a 3D version of the real world. And as you walk around the real world, computers would be able to project information into the real world. Um, in his case, he was talking a lot about AR and VR, and I think there's a lot of confusion and lack of clarity about how this information would be received by a person, but it was all about receiving information. Uh, right, it's uh, about the iPhone, basically. It, it's about the iPhone today, but um, you know, inventors haven't yet really figured out anything better than that. Um, you know, if, there were, if you could have a retina implant that meant you didn't need a device, that would be awesome as well. well. Then, but you, that's... then you, your addiction would be permanent. Well, not if you can turn it on and off. Well, maybe you could think you can turn it on and off, but, you know, what about the doctors? Yeah, good point. And then, and, and Brad Fels thing about RSS, in a way, it's the same thing, except uh, more realistic in that. Um, RSS um, in, in Brad's piece was talked about as um, surprisingly resilient. Um, he made the point that he still uses Feedly uh, as his daily source of reading, which, by the way, I do as well. So that appealed to me. And um, I'm not really familiar with this RSS you speak of. No, it's Did, um, didn't that uh, get deprecated by uh, Twitter? Well, Feld, Feld um, says that that is the popular impression. However, he makes the point that for him, at least, uh, that never really happened, uh, that he still uses RSS. Um, and that's also true for me, by the way, although Twitter and Facebook supplement RSS. Well, uh, my he daily. Didn't, he didn't actually make the point that you just said he made. He, uh, he made the point that uh, uh, RSS and to some, I mean, uh, Twitter and to some extent, Facebook, the Facebook uh, news replaced the utility of uh, RSS. For yes, for others, but not for him. I understand. For him, yeah, but, you know. Yeah. So I'm just. Uh, yeah, he, no, he was right. careful you're to right. make that distinction, which I thought was an accurate distinction. 
yeah. And then now if you put, if you put in the Sonos piece, which again is a completely different thing, uh, the Sonos piece is all about the engineer who is today responsible and has been responsible for most of the, the clever um, deep-rooted tech that allows multiple Sonos speakers or devices to be in sync with each other. Um, but what it's really about is delivering information, in this case music mostly, but some spoken word, I guess, to different parts of your home um, so that you can listen to the things you want to listen to when you want to listen to them, um, uh, either you individually or more than one person in a home could have the same experience. So it was the tech of delivering sound. Um, so, I mean, ultimately everything is about getting stuff to people. Really, Again, that's I the common. You're, 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 you're reaching to abstract uh, this to a discussion about whether this is tech or not. Uh, and I, I don't think you need to, to make that distinction. Uh, I still think that the, the, there's a connecting thread uh, in most of what's in the app, uh, you know, which is sort of a shared uh, uh, assent to what we consider to be the more disruptive, potentially disruptive uh, technologies or politics or uh, entertainment or art that, uh, that, you know, we become aware of in our lives. And that is, uh, I think that's driven, I think we've talked about this somewhere, uh, that's driven to a certain extent by the political situation, uh, just this feeling of uh, unease or fear of uh, you know, the consequences of uh, our current uh, resident uh, in, in the White House. But, uh, you know, it's still even that, would be a oversimplification or driving toward uh, a context, a so-called topic. I mean, that to me was the weakness of RSS uh, uh, in terms of implementation was is that people very quickly overran uh, their inbox, uh, if you will. Uh, yeah. And... Uh, and, and so we have all these aggregators that uh, have appeared uh, and, and largely been killed off by Google, killed off a couple of them. And, uh, and just the, what Brad Feld uh, refers to as the, uh, the sort of uh, political wars in the RSS community, which uh, we don't really need to drill down on, but the, the, the bottom line is, is that, uh, uh, you know, this flight to topics, I think, has been unsuccessful at stemming the fundamental issue of, uh, in RSS, if you're following somebody uh, and everything that they output, that may or may not give you uh, the kind of social metadata that the Twitter environment uh, provides that allows you to yeah. be able to find a, a, a thread or a social context for uh, 
individual ideas, which is a, another way of creating a topic, but without the limitations and the glut uh, and, uh, you know. Uh, yeah, but, what, what, but one of the strengths of RSS, uh, this involves some effort, but is that it supported categories and tags and that they were not the same thing. So, um, for example, if you go to TechCrunch and you look for the category, I don't know, Apple, um, uh, within, within all the results, you can then look for the tag iPad, let's say. Um, and so you can filter. Um, and you can filter on author. I mean, I think there's about five fields you can filter on in RSS. Um, now, you're right, even then, um, and I spent a lot of time if, if you know, uh, there's a website called seriously, um, it's S dot, uh, and then on the end it's dot L Y, but it's spelled correctly. Seriously. Um, I, I curated about 15 topic things from, um, aggregating RSS feeds and each one of the seriously uh, is filtered from about somewhere between 10 and 50 sources. Um, using both tags, author filters, and, and other stuff. And it sucks, uh, exactly the problem you just described, which is even then um, you were forced to wade through stuff you didn't care about in order to get the stuff you did care about. So filtering in a way was the first attempt. Then there was a second programmatic attempt to do filtering. I can't remember the name of the company. Oh yeah, Cosmics. Uh, Walmart Labs acquired them in the end who tried to do much more intelligent filtering using programmatic filtering. But the problem then is what an, what an individual cares about is, um, isn't constant or static. So, you know, um, take, take my day to day uh, between 8am and 10am. All I cared about was whether Manchester United were beating Brighton in the English Premier League. I don't even know what that means, but go ahead. Um, I know what it means. I'm just... and the, uh, I know you do. And the answer is they weren't, which made me miserable. Um, but that's all I cared about. Now, yesterday, I didn't care at all about Manchester United. So the attempt to use filtering to meet need basically found us on the fact that human beings change their needs so rapidly. And it's such a narrow focus of, uh, that they're interested in at any particular time. And there's no way of knowing that. So if, if I'm cooking tonight, how would you know that I'm looking for a recipe unless I go and look All right, for it? but I want to I want to turn that around a little bit because, uh, you know the 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 post that you described uh, that you were that formed some sort of interest level. They're they're not made up by topic. I mean, there may be some obvious topics like uh, smart speakers uh, notifications twitter uh, you know uh, thought leadership etc but the the thing that ties them together is that it is not necessarily about them as individual objects but uh, about the uh, you know most disruption occurs uh, at the intersection of available technologies it's you know they're already there and then mm -hmm. something uh, tips over uh you know 
via an intersection into um, uh, a disruption, which some, then yeah, yeah. creates a, then there's a popular uh, abstraction of that, which drives investment, which drives uh, you know the product. For example, one of the things about uh, the I didn't really see mentioned, or maybe it was mentioned in something else, is the, the advent of, uh, yes, there was an article uh, about uh, Android, which I usually don't care about, uh, not because I don't think it's important, but just because I'm a huge uh, Apple bigot, and, uh, uh, and the app only runs in iOS. But the, um, uh, the article was mentioning this ability uh, to essentially download automatically a podcast uh, uh, because it's leveraging the streaming capabilities, uh, the streaming architecture, which has been built up, which is mm -hmm. essentially this real-time phenomenon uh, of, you know, I don't really care, uh, you know, uh, RSS and the uh, uh, attachment uh, addition to the protocol uh, allowed podcasting to be born, uh, but it's still uh, it it essentially requires you to download uh, uh, every every you know if you're listening to a Mark Marin podcast, uh, some of them are amazing, but uh, he's very prolific. So you end up downloading uh, every new podcast. There's no real distinctive way to be able to control the feed and you get the unread uh, items or unheard items problem which is what i think killed rss to begin with and now it's uh threatening uh you know twitter as well mm. so uh you know this android capability basically is an attempt to just use predictive and ai a little bit to uh, you know, if you need it, it's there for you. Uh, you know, they probably cache uh, a certain amount of it so that uh, it, it, or you can actually turn on a recording of it, uh, you know, so that it's downloaded. But for the most part, all of the infrastructure uh, that uh, Brad Feld defines as being so uh, persistent and stable uh, is basically. Uh, neutralized it, it, because it doesn't really impact. I mean, I felt this for a long time. I, I don't, I'd rather not have a, of a subscription to something, uh, particularly RSS, which doesn't have an, a real economic backbone to it. I'd rather uh, have some sort of uh, bundling uh, strategy or some sort of be part of a group that gets access to uh, content because of the characteristics of that group and how that can benefit everybody in that group. In other words, that social kind of contract uh, and the social metadata that I was talking about earlier. Those, that, go ahead. I was gonna say that, that used to happen in the, in the early days of the internet, um, news feeds took the form of um, a protocol called NNTP. Um, and uh, you remember that all the alt groups 
used yes. to exist. And I've always, I, uh, I was so happy when RSS and, uh, uh, you know, uh, blogging basically uh, got rid of that stuff because even though it was obviously a tremendous source of information when it was the only source, uh, the, the biggest problem that I had with those groups was is that uh, people would be, you know, essentially domain squatters. Uh, they would move into a, a topic, spend all their time there, and then become, uh, you know, legitimately uh, very expert, but they would also become political, you know, stakeholders and basically freeze out uh, people that didn't agree with them. Mm. And uh, yeah. so I, I, I don't miss NNTP at all for that. Well, the, the one, the, the one bit, the one good bit about it that has not been reproduced in any other form is the um, the magnet effect. Um, of course, there's a lot. There, there were bad actors, like you mentioned, but there were also really great groups. Like um, I, I remember, I used to build my own PC, and there was all groups for uh, different motherboards, for example. And you would find all the experts who tried every combination of motherboard and memory chip and graphics card. And you could learn really, really fast. And if you came up with, and if there was a problem, you could find someone who could answer it. And the nearest we get to that today is, is um, um, you know, some of the, what's it called? Uh, that um, uh, There's these groups that uh, for, for developers, I forgot what it's called now, um, where, where, you know, a Ruby programmer will help another Ruby mm-hmm. programmer solve a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, the nearest you get is that, but it's it's very disorganized, and uh, you need a Google search to find it. Um, and the Google searches tend to be not good enough at getting to the very specific problem you've got. So, in fact, we've lost, uh, as well as moving on and getting something better, we've also lost something that was great, which was this magnet that got talent and um, knowledge to be in a single place to help each other. Yeah, and and the way that I would uh, disagree with you about that, I mean, I don't think we've lost it. I think that we've actually uh, improved upon this with, uh, you know, if you take a look at, uh, and I know you're a big fan of this and an expert in in terms of blockchain and those technologies, or or that, whatever that is, uh, as a political, economic, uh, entity, there's uh, this new kind of uh, reliance on an economic model that brings those people together. If they have access to the to the network uh, and they need to find out something, uh, they can broadcast through a notification protocol. They can broadcast their interest, and you know these standing groups they may have some value and there are certainly people that will want to maintain those. But for the most part, I want to, I just want to know how to do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, I mean, you've been enormously helpful in terms of the architecture of the video studios for the shows uh, because you've, you know, you've been down the same road uh for the most part that that i've been down and there are very few people in other words you can look to your heart's content uh on google search uh 
for experts in this area. And guess who the experts are? There's like five of them. And you're yeah. one of them. Leo Laporte's one of them. You know, they're, they're people who built this architecture and uh, exploited it for uh, the purposes of tapping into this live streaming uh, network. And uh, I, I'm not sure that a uh, NNTP or community or any of those kinds of services uh, is going to be as effective uh, as, uh, you know, just basically having some sort of indication through, uh, you know, uh, you can call it attention if you want, but uh, uh, metadata that describes uh, interest based on the ascent of the person that creates the metadata and the group that harvests that metadata for the benefit of that group. Those are the dominant, you know, uh, protocols, I think, of what's going on now. Yeah, well, what, so, so what, what you're pointing to for me is, um, and, and, and before I say it, I just want to say, I, I've focused on this problem, the problem of how do you get the right stuff to the right people at the right time? Probably my entire technical career has been one of the big things in my head and way cleverer people than me have focused on it. And so far at least, uh, it hasn't been solved. The uh, notifications as a transport for the delivery of a message is an innovation, but getting the right information to you at the right time in the right place still, it still isn't solved because it's a very hard problem. And it's a hard problem because it involves knowing what you need or want right now, as well as what's available to supply that need. Yeah, but the, so, biggest, the biggest part of that problem uh, is the ability to be able to push the bits around on the network in real time. And, and you know, it, it's, it can be expensive, but that problem is solved. And it what didn't used to be. Yeah, I, no, I, we, I agree. These devices that we're doing this show on uh, give us all that we need uh, to identify and to transmit and, and uh, interact with the information. The question is, uh, how do you uh, identify the experts, the people that you want to talk to, and how do you get time with them and vice versa? And that is a... Uh, a that's not a technical problem. That's a economic, uh, you know, choice of the customer uh, yeah. evolution that we're seeing in uh, in many of the enterprise industries. Well, that's what I was going to come to when I said uh, before. I say I'll do the caveat. So what I was going to say is, what you're doing with the with the Gilmore Gang app is you're acting as a as a, a very intelligent curator, not just you. I'm also doing that a little bit. Um, Frank um, is doing that a, a lot. Um, and uh, when, once you get a group of people who are interested in a, a common set of themes, topics, ways of thinking, uh, however you want to characterize it, and they each can curate into the conversation stuff that for them stands out, um, uh, because it because uh, it's pushing the edge of where technology currently is at, um, then technology isn't the problem. I agree with you, um, uh, and and um, you get a great curated set of um, of 
um, content or, or articles or whatever it is. Um, um, and, and so it's really, what you really need is, and, 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 and I really believe this, this is why Cosmics didn't, didn't work because they, those were great machine learning people who, if it was possible to make an algorithm that would do this, they would have, but it just isn't possible uh, to replace a curator that actually understands their audience or their, or their cohorts. Right. Not so uh, the only pushback I'd give to you, I, I agree with you that obviously I, I don't anticipate that there will ever be an algorithm that solves this problem uh, yeah. simply because uh, if I'm faced with a choice between two algorithms, one of which solves this problem today and, and the one that's going to be solving this problem tomorrow, I'd rather have the one tomorrow. Because yeah. the one today, as soon as I use it, uh, I lose any economic uh, benefit uh, in terms of competition or any other kind of, uh, you know, investigation or uh, uh, research or, you know, there has to be a motivation for uh, continuing to be connected. But the, the, other, the other point that I would make is, is that uh, since I, I'm not looking for an algorithm, what I am looking for is uh, the indications. I mean, I've said this to you a, a number of times, and anybody who's been in the app or probably on the shows over, over the years, it's not really, to me, what's interesting is the content that's in the app. It's the content that isn't in the app that I find extremely valuable because Essentially, what we are doing as uh, editors, if you will, and also as consumers of this flow of information via the metadata that we create, is we are uh, creating a map into not only what we're interested in, but what we're not interested in. And I've always tried to uh, mm. not post uh, something to this particular stream or for that matter twitter or pretty much anywhere if it's already been posted uh and people are already largely familiar with it and yeah. so I, I think that the the unification of this uh uh moment that we're in is is about it's the opposite of this is too complicated a problem it's actually this is in some ways too simple a problem if you really think about it and i certainly as you do uh, i spent a lot of my time thinking about this um, I, I don't think that there's uh there are, we talked about four or five or six or ten posts of information over the past week or two uh that we find uh intriguing the reality is is that uh if you look at this just as a as you know and just list the topics covered it really boils down to a pretty simple uh conversation that's going on it, you know it's about how much time does it take uh leaving channels open for serendipity it, you know there there are just a bunch of things which are not necessarily sol solvable directly by machine learning but they're they're solvable by group collaboration in the consumption and the 
avoidance of certain kinds of information. Um, that's my dog barking in the background. I don't know how loud it is on the thing. It's it's very it's color, as they say. Exactly. So. Um, so you were, um, uh, either you were distracted by it or you don't disagree. No, I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. But I, you know, it's interesting to think of. Uh, I always think about how a solution can scale. Um, so, um, if you think of of um, the group of people that have uh, contributed to those ten or so articles, um, both the writers and the people who who submitted them and then the conversations around them. And you try to um, go up to uh, human scale to try to define something that could work for everybody. You know, my, my dream would be I could wake up in the morning and I'd have uh, you know uh, an iPad on my bedside that as well as telling me the time and the weather would would uh, prepare me for my day by already having gathered the things I care about. And but the, isn't that isn't that already kind of true? I mean, that isn't that what email does? Isn't that what uh, uh, you know things like Nuzzle and you know aggregators of information? They're basically already pointing you at that. Well, they try, but but in order to access those, I would have to do probably. To, to satisfy my need, I probably have to do about 10 different things, which mostly is what I do. But if you think about what you've built into the app, and you said you're not looking for an algorithm, and, and I agree with that as the foundation statement, but actually you are kind of building an algorithm within that foundation statement, because I can go to my, uh, my, activity, my feed uh, on the app, and I can sort by touch count, for example. Um, touch count, I'm not, I'm, I'm assuming is measuring how many uh, different people have touched that article on the screen, or I can sort it's, by activity. It's, three, it's 3D activity is, uh, uh, is the main lever, but let me just be very, very specific about this. All of those are examples of uh, algorithms. But they aren't. the The value is not in the algorithm. The value is in yeah, the differential yeah. between those. If you look at it by date, and you know you f see certain things, and then you look at it by activity, and then you get a, a sense of what people, uh, you know, with uh, appropriate uh, visibility into uh, the data that you have, and vice versa, uh, what what they see is uh, are more interested in or less interested in. Each of those views is, is valuable, uh, but the, the differential between those views is much more valuable. Yeah, I agree with that, but that, that already begins to point towards um, the possibility of serving my needs without me doing anything. Um, not yet. It's probably one step before. Well, that, I would but... disagree with you. I think that that it, it it's not useful if you don't do anything. I mean, why why? You know, to me, the the signals uh, in the app that are interesting to me, as with Twitter and to some or smaller extent Facebook, 
the things that are interesting to me are the things that uh, I have some way of interacting about. Yeah, uh, it's it's not a static view of any of these things because the the static view becomes uh, absolutely troll-like in terms of its volume and uh, you know information glut. Uh, yeah, you know it. It becomes a, a bigger problem than not knowing anything. Yeah, well, obviously, it's impossible to not do anything because of the very act of touching a headline and reading it is doing something. So, so I'm, I didn't literally mean not do anything. And I do also think that both giving and taking um, are measurable things. Um, so, so um, within within you know security privileges, privacy, etc. Yeah. yeah. But um but 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 you know so to tell me what you think about this. Do you think there is a day in the near future where individuals can largely be served up content as a result of all these different things that that um that um whether it's through notifications or the layer below, that that satisfies their their information needs. Well, I think that um, there's, you know, if you just look at the what we do, you you already said this. You said there. It sounds like about ten different things that you would have to do, and that's what you do. Yeah. So you're already doing this. It's not a question of whether or not. Uh, uh, you're doing this. You're doing this to the best of your ability at all times. It's yeah. kind of a prime directive uh, to try and be as well informed as you can be, so that at any moment, if you're called upon or need to or judge yourself uh, needing uh, to make a decision about something, that you have as good uh, uh, a mix of available information as possible to make a smart decision. That's mm. what we do. Exactly right. So, so I, I, it's not to me uh, a question of automation. It's a question of simplification. And, you know, I, I'm constantly making decisions uh, about reducing all the techniques that I use in order to find, uh, you know, the essentially unfindable uh, that's out there. Because, you know, the end of the day, uh, one of the things about notifications that I think is really uh, useful is the thing that most people dislike about it, which is that they're disruptive. They interrupt you. Uh, mm. But to me, uh, knowing that there's an interruption uh, of something, if the, that interruption takes me away from the, you know, the tools or the things that I'm doing, it's because there's probably a damn good reason for it. You know, somebody yeah. who I care about has a problem or, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a sort of an organic prioritization of what's important and, you know, I don't think that we'll ever have a good working model that's going to replace us uh, because I think that uh, the, the fascinating thing for me, as I'm fond of saying, you know, I really don't care what I think about something. I've already, uh, 
you know, I'm bored to death with what I think about this. But yeah. what, what, what I'm fascinated with is the degree to which others who uh, I uh, orbit and vice versa, how do they feel about that? And the gradations of uh, interest or, uh, you know, I mean, we look at this every day with the whole Trump situation. It's like, uh, you know, I'm constantly having to fight off uh, anxiety and depression about it, as as everybody else. But there's a common kind of thread that we all get to eventually, which is uh, the most recent gang that we just did. Uh, uh, you know, did we accomplish anything? God knows. But what we did do was there was at one at some point. Uh, Michael Markman uh, basically said about something that we were talking about. Now, that's something that I hadn't heard before. This is the first time we talked about that. And yeah. that's interesting. And I don't even remember what it was. But the fact that uh, we sort of, as the guy in the commercial says, he, he looks up and he says, well, I just finished the internet. You know, that's my, it, it's preposterous. But, mm -hmm. you know, when we, when we can, uh, avoid the trap of uh, of spinning our wheels uh, and feel like we're gaining some insight or sharing some uh, knowledge or expertise or just plain you know common sense. It's very positive from an emotional perspective, and I think that's the best we can. Uh, ever hope for at any one moment yeah 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 i think that's uh, that's accurate um but it you know it, it, you talked about uh, the tipping point on the edge of tech where technology at the edge of technology i think what i'm always looking for is um i i actually think most solutions to most problems already exist latently uh, in other words, all the things you would need to solve a problem already mostly exist. And mostly you haven't, a person, no one has put them together yet. So um, I, you know, I put on the show, I call it the unborn child syndrome, where um, um, in the first trimester of a pregnancy, um, um, it's pretty inevitable a birth is going to happen, but no one knows that, that no one can see it yet. Uh, and I think most, uh, most solutions to most problems, including the one we're talking about, um, um, uh, already exist, but no one's figured out how to put them together. It's like uh, that, you know, before Uber, there were taxes and there was paying for taxes, but there was no Uber. And everything you needed for Uber already existed. Just no one had yet come up with Uber. Same goes for Airbnb. Everything required for that already existed. Even for Google, link counts, you know, were the main innovation. And there were already links and you could already count them. But no one had done it yet. Um, so so it feels to me as if um, what, what we're grappling with here is trying to um, get rid of the noise and look for the... The, the, the things that will uh, create, create the tipping point or the birth um, of, a, of a new products that, that solve problems. And uh, it, to some extent, I think 
that is also the common thread to all these different articles. Yeah, I was going to say something even more uh, specific than common thread. Uh, if you think about all of those different industries that have you know sprung up, uh, uh, you know there was an article about. Um, I just want to signal that we're, we're almost done here because yeah. we've exceeded the threshold of, uh, of being on too long. But I think this has been an excellent conversation, even my stuff. and uh, <laughs> Especially. No, no, even. Uh, the, there's a common, it's more than a thread. It's a, uh, there's a, the, these architectures you know, smart speakers, for example, I have that kind of feeling about smart speakers that you're implying by what you're saying that just now. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, I, I don't know why uh, uh, I think it's so uh, significant. I have a feeling I understand it because basically it's virtualizing the hardware to the point where it's traveling through audio uh, and y you don't have to be uh enveloped by this or holding something uh you know you can interact with the uh, interface and in, in you know in many different kinds of objects so the the the, the context of uber and uh airbnb and smart speakers they're all the same company fundamentally mm -hmm. they're all the same uh fabric of uh, innovation and so I think that uh, well you're talking about a common interface to everything no I'm not I'm talking about that each of these what now are seen as individual industries are in fact they're, they're like menu items on a single feature mm -hmm. of, of a larger purpose which is uh you know basically we endow it with our metadata and then return for it respecting uh you know the the social fabric of who we want to communicate with and who we want to uh, how we want to uh fund uh this exploration it gives us services in return for you know i mean there's always this talk about the uh you know we're the product yeah uh yeah I, I, and oh. and the problem is what uh, if something is is truly uh conducive and receptive to what we're thinking and what we're trying to communicate and what we're trying to find out uh, is that a bad thing? Yeah, you, you remind me of uh, something that happened to me in, in 1996. I was working, uh, 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 I just started Real Names, and we were partnering with Alta Vista uh, to launch Real Names. And uh, Alta Vista's founder, or one of the founders, was Louis Monnier. Louis is now a Valley legend. He went on to build the eBay search engine and uh, after that went to Google and did a lot of their structured data stuff. Anyway, Louis um, showed me how AltaVista worked 
and um, uh, he, he specifically showed me uh, related searches. So you would type something Alta Vista, and as you typed it, underneath would become related searches. And related searches were always more specific versions of what you just typed in that were probably what you were looking for. And that entire product was built by looking at what people searched next. And so he basically gathered uh, intelligence from what AltaVista's users did and just repackaged it and presented it back to a, a single individual. So now a single individual was benefiting from measurements that happened across millions of people. Right. You see that in the um, uh, what often is the abysmal uh, autocorrect uh, feature on the iPhone. But the, on the phone calls thing, where it, it basically uh, in texting, it gives you uh, three or four different things that you could do to respond. And I mean, it's trivial, not that interesting, but uh, I find myself using it more and more. Yeah, on Link, LinkedIn have done a good job of that, actually. Well, I wouldn't know. Yeah. I, I try not to give LinkedIn any information. Uh, that I uh, that I think is valuable, yeah. But that's just because you know, it's Microsoft. Oh, it is. You're right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. Well, I just <laughs> I, I live in fear that Microsoft's going to turn off Skype for all people that think like I do. Yeah. But you know, that's why we have to have uh, at least two of everything, like uh, Noah. Very good. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for your, uh, your time and particularly for the uh, uh, references to real names. There has to be at least one uh, in every show. Well, it, you know, it's at least uh, 1% of my, of my life sex. Actually, let, just work it out. Five years, I'm 63. So uh, it's, it's just under 10% of my life. So if I only me mention it 1% of my speaking, I'm doing well. Thank you, Keith Chair. <laughs> Thank you, Steve Gilmore.